Hello, climate change. <laughs> I'm experimenting with different tones of voice for how I start this off. Like, how are you? How's it been going? <laughs> Maybe that will be the, the tone of today's episode is really a general taking temperature of what's going on with this topic inside of me and in the world and with my husband who is here being my regular touchstone guest. So thank you, Jim. You're welcome, Amy. I will say one thing, um, and I'm not, <clears throat> there's no critical impl implication here, um, but one thing I did notice that has changed in you since the last time we had a conversation is this time you seemed like, yes, let's do one. I'd like to do one. Maybe I'm overstating it, but it was definitely more in that direction than the last time where it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Would you think that's accurate? Um, I don't think I've ever had to be dragged into one, but no. it just, I don't know. It just, well, I like talking to you, first of all. That's nice. And so it just didn't, it's just seemed like a nice way to spend a Sunday afternoon, which is what what it's turning out to be, yeah, right? Right. Okay. Well, I did notice that little difference in the tone, and I guess I I got my hopes up that it meant that there's something shifting a little bit for you around this topic, but maybe not. Um, maybe shifting in a way that isn't so great. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> Well, I don't know if I'd call it a shift. Maybe it's just more of a, feels more like a resignation. Oh, um, okay. So I guess the way I feel about it is, I mean, there are a lot of things that we can do as individuals okay. to try to make the issue more vi more visible, to acknowledge it, to take our own personal action and then try to get other people involved. And maybe that's happening um, but I guess I, it's like for, for something really dramatic to take place, the kinds of things that really should happen, if we're going to make the earth as habitable as possible, really take like governments mm -hmm. doing things both as a group, you know, like the, the UN, um, talks, the Paris talks that are coming up mm -hmm. are just really, really important. Right. And then as individual countries as well. And I just, I just find myself feeling really dejected about the state of our own nation mm. and, and our politics. It's like on a national level, nothing, nothing is getting done. Right. And I don't, I don't see things getting done on the kind of scale that we need for some time, like I, I don't really have a picture of how it's going to change, and you know I don't want to turn this into a like a partisan thing, but you know we've got gridlock. We've got one party that's hell bent on stopping anything in this area, really and truly. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't even acknowledge that it's real, right? And they hold two houses. I mean, they hold both houses of Congress, mm -hmm. so no meaningful legislation is going to happen with that in place. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, you know, like some of those, some of those people that hold those seats are really locked in in their states. Mm -hmm. Like they've got the seat. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. um, both either in the Senate and the House. And so, like, I guess, you know, there are, like, like big tidal wave elections that we get every now and then where the whole Congress just changes in one election. And maybe we're in for that. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm... I'm not um, giving enough weight to that possibility. Right. Uh, But it seems like that's what would have to happen. You know, we would have to have a really radical change on the national level Mm -hmm. for our country to take the kind of action that would really turn, you know, turn the curve on this. Bend the curve, I guess is the term. So that's why I'm feeling not as optimistic, maybe. I mean, there are times where I've said during these that, you know, I I know that we could do it. Like, the technology is there. We know how to do it. And I do think that, like, the technology is developing. And maybe right. that'll be the way that it gets resolved, yeah. is that the technology, the, you know, all the, all the industries out there that are working on this stuff will just continue to work on it, regardless of of what the national politics, you know, say or do. And before you know it, we'll have, you know, like batteries that'll store a month's worth of electricity and you can just power an entire city, you know, with solar. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, it, if you just look at the United States, which is our country, it's it's pretty discouraging um, because of, you know, that there's such a huge political force that's saying climate change isn't real. But it is nice to recognize that the rest of the world is not playing that game. There, I, I haven't heard of, have you heard of any other country where there's any significant faction of power that is saying climate change isn't real? I've, I don't know that I've heard them say it's not real. <clears throat> what I hear about is some of the, I guess the term they use is, is the developing nations, mm-hmm. you know, like China and India and some of the other countries mm-hmm. in in that part of the world, um, who feel like, wait a minute, let's, you know, why should we have to clamp down right. on our economies and our... So they're in the bargaining phase. That's the next... Yeah. The de- yeah, Next right. stage of right. dealing with right. trauma. Right. right. Yeah, you guys created this problem. Now, why do we have to bail you out? Like, mm-hmm. our economies are finally starting yeah. to pull people out of desperate poverty. Right. So why should we have to cut down on our emissions mm-hmm. when we didn't create this yeah. in the first place? Right. So I hear I hear that, but mm-hmm. it's not. You're right. It's not an out and out denial that it exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, listening to you, I kind of start to think about what, like, if you think of a country as as a single as a single consciousness, um, you know. I mean, this doesn't feel like a big stretch to me to think of a of a of a of a country or even a, any unit of gathered people as having a, a group consciousness. Because um, I also think of our, and this is maybe seems esoteric and not relevant, but but I think of our own bodies as as a committee of consciousnesses. Like you know, all of our cells have consciousness and have sending signals back and forth and. And, you know, there's some kind of consensus that that comes about or 
I don't know. Maybe it's not a consensus-driven process when we decide that it's time to eat some ice cream or whatever. <laughs> it might not be a consensus. It might be, you oh, know, sure hey, I've got the arm and yes. I've got the spoon. So. I'm sure there are parts of our body that are in <laughs> yeah, very strong control. disagreement. Right, that. right, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, but I, I, I find it encouraging to think of it this way in terms of our country that there's a... I really think, I don't know, I guess I I always step back before I say anything bold because I want, I always say, I don't know. And that's, by the way, if you're a woman and you find yourself saying, I don't know, just before you're about to say something bold, hopefully it's, it's very common for us. But, you know, for me, it's starting to become something, a red flag, like, oops, that's a place where I was about to say something bold because I'd never heard someone else say it. So maybe I'm not smart enough to have a fresh idea. But anyway going to try to keep moving past that. So maybe I know something. And that is that um, it looks to me and it feels to me and I'm, it feels inspiring to me that our country, as we face this new, this upcoming presidential election, that the, 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 the ideologies of the front runners are at such extreme odds with each other. And to me, it looks like a a battle within our collective consciousness about what our values are and what our faith is in in terms of what what has power to make change is our faith in and our and our values in the idea of the little guy and lots and lots of little guys working together that's the bernie sanders side or is our faith in confident powerful, decisive, um, strategic, warlike business practices. And male, I, male dominated, male dominated. Yeah. You could add that into it. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel like on a certain level, we as a country have to wrestle with that before we can face climate change because, um, there's those of us who are not struggling with the idea of climate change and what needs to happen um, to address it because we've already decided on which side of that coin we fall and it's on the side of the little guy and the, and the individual and the value of everything and everyone rather than it being we're still in survival mode and it's still survival of the fittest and it's still a battle to be alive and it's still grab what you can because, you know, everyone's out to get you kind of, I mean, I, and I know I'm simplifying and if, I doubt that anyone I would offend is listening, but, you know, well, that could happen too. So, I mean, I guess I see that as all necessary as part of, um, I mean, our immature countries developing sense of maturity, I guess, moral responsibility, et cetera. I don't know. Is that useful to hear? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it's always tricky to try to get inside the head of <laughs> people that don't necessarily agree with you mm-hmm. um i mean i think there's a there's a level of i mean there's a lot of denial in our country around a lot of issues i mean climate change is just one of them mm-hmm. but i mean when you hear I mean, I know we're talking about climate change, but, That's okay. Go but ahead. when you hear people talk about race, mm-hmm. 
there are a lot of people in this country that just want to say that's over. Oh, racism's over. Yeah. Yeah. See, we're we have a black president. Right. So we don't really need to worry about that one. Right. So I mean, I don't think the U.S. is unique in that mm-hmm. characteristic, but we've got some pretty big issues that a lot of people in our country are in denial about. Mm-hmm. And climate change is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I, I, I want to I think people want to have a picture of. Of themselves and our country that makes them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. People don't like to be disquieted. They don't like to have their whole sense of who they are challenged. And this does that. Yeah. You know, climate change does that. It really does. When you look at it, it it makes you face how we live. Right. Oh yeah. What we consume, how we consume it, how much we consume. Mm-hmm. The way that I mean all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time when when you and I have talked We've ended up sort of, I, I feel like, myopically getting caught up in what we were facing personally about our consumption and mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, any changes there in your thinking? Not that I want us to get go into that same corner. Again. Yeah, no, I mean, not so much. Okay, just checking. I mean, I think where we live... We have certain sort of locked in levels of consumption mm-hmm. that we can modify to some degree, but yeah. they're they're gonna i mean they're we're at a baseline like mm-hmm. we heat with oil mm-hmm. well we oh as a you mean you and I no the house i mean we we try to keep it to a minimum because we do have a wood stove, yeah, but we do have an That's oil what burner it heats our water. yeah right we have an oil burner, mm-hmm. we both live almost an hour or more away from where we work. Right. So we commute with gas. Mm-hmm. You know, even when I take the bus in, it's still burning gas. And by the way, I just should say, for the record, we're not commuting to the same place. So we yeah, can't opposite directions. <laughs> Completely opposite directions. <laughs> but luckily for me, I'm not doing it every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, I guess I've kind of come to some peace about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could radically change it by moving somewhere Right. Closer, but now we're working in two opposite directions. So right. it's like, well, this is kind of the, the middle point yeah. where we are right now. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you know, that's always, in all the years we've been together, and my work has taken lots of turns in ways that yours hasn't, um, it's always been a question. We've always considered it, kind of put it on the table and take it back off over and over again. But, right. but anyway, not to get too lost in the weeds of our own... Um, little details. Um, I have had a couple of revelations. Mm. I always want to say relevations. Um, Not about consumption, but about responsibility. Um, I've really been struggling. One of the the major struggles, in fact, I think probably central struggles for me that drove me to want to do this podcast is that I really want to wrestle with what is my responsibility and what is my response to that about taking on this sort of monster <laughs> that it feels like was running away from me before I was even in double digits in my life? You know, when, 
you know, in the early seventies, I guess that, or mid seventies when, um, when we were starting to like, look at the fact of pollution as a society, I was still, I was born in 1970. So I didn't really feel like I had much power to do anything about it. And even then it, it looked to me like how much sense does it make that we're focusing on whether or not our trash goes in the trash can or on the ground when ultimately the stuff that's going in the trash can is going on the ground somewhere, yeah. you know, so <laughs> and it just happens to be in a pile, yeah. you know, that's not visible to everyone at all times. But anyway, um, what, let's see, what is it that I've realized? Um, well, one, one piece is that, and, and a lot of these realizations have come out of doing this podcast. It's, it's, it's sort of as I digest all the conversations I've been having with people and the things that people say. One thing that's become clearer and clearer to me is that if our system was truly functional in the sense of not dysfunctional, if we had a government that actually served in a functional way the needs of the community and we had laws that did the same there would be certain things in place that wouldn't leave all the responsibility on us as individuals like right now we need if we want to be responsible in the way that we are on the planet we need to be doing research all the time we need to yeah. know do we have to do our own research to figure out what products are ethical and environmentally um, responsible and we have to do our own research on figuring out what is our share of of the resources of the world and how we deal with the excess that we might be generating or you know or the people around us who aren't getting enough and it and it comes out of our own choice and pocket to to figure out what charity to put our money into so I, on what i think is if we had a system that was functioning properly it would be a system that helped us with that and yes we would still have a responsibility to monitor our system we would need to take our turn sort of at the wheel um like the the sort of the ideals of the way this government was set up in the first place is that you know we're all sharing the responsibility of government and but there's something to that, I think, where like you can get bogged down so quickly and feeling guilty that you're not doing enough when when without when you're bogged down there, you don't see that the amount of stuff that's asked of us as individuals to be on top of isn't realistic. It simply isn't realistic. Right. And we should all get to have space in our lives to relax and that's something that's being taken away from us little by little just by the distribution of wealth issues and also these increasing responsibilities we have to to um to be on top of so many things and i don't mean to sound like we don't you know well there's nothing we you know what does that leave leave you with like but what it does for me is it alleviates some of the guilt like the fact that i can't do it all or that I resist trying to do it all because it looks like I can't do it all. Actually, there's some rationale to that, mm -hmm. which is new for me to realize because instead of feeling like bad that I, I shy away from trying to take on everything, you know, like just all the petitions that cross my email, you know, threshold, um, that, I mean, I sign them all because yeah, yes, I want them to, the, the, this company and that company to stop, stealing all the water from California and poisoning all the bees and 
with their pesticides and blah, blah, blah. There's all these things like, yes, 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 I'll sign that, I'll sign that, I'll sign that. And I'm so glad people are dedicating themselves to, to these causes. But in a functional system, we wouldn't need, uh, it wouldn't work like this. The petitioning would go to the, to the people who we have asked to represent us to be thinking well about this thing, and they would not have to answer to the corporations that are selling those products that are doing the damage in the first place. So that's, I mean, just getting out from under a little of the guilt and overwhelm is huge because that's what keeps us from changing anything is the guilt and overwhelm, which is really, really hard to look at. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say anything about this? Because I have more I can follow up with, but I want to make a window. No, I think it's... I think it's it's a good way of putting it, the guilt and overwhelm Mm. over not doing it all. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you start, when you start discussing climate change and you start putting it in very stark, dramatic terms, it does start to feel like, well, how could I not devote every waking moment to doing something about Mm. this? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, what else? what else should you be doing than trying to save the planet for our future generations? Right. You know, well, that's, it's not something you make as a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, yeah, well, it could be. Yeah. But then, so what does that mean really? Well, and you also know? what does that mean? Because we're sitting from, we're sitting in a place of relative comfort and privilege here where we can, we can entertain the idea of dedicating ourselves to saving the planet for future generations. While right now there are people who need saving, you know, that are, that are in slavery and whose lives are threatened by, um, pollution that's right at their doorstep because they're in a poor place and they're underrepresented and, you know, poverty and, starvation and war and all that stuff like who are we to say we can focus on something that's down the road that far right so anyway um the thing that i was going to say to follow up on this was oh yeah so this morning so first of all this has come up before in our in our talks um about a mile from us maybe less as the crow flies no it's not even a mile even on the road even on the road it's less than a mile Maybe a half mile from us. There is a compression station for a gas pipeline where um, there has been an expansion going on where they're going to, um, basically, they needed this pipeline to pump all this new fracked gas um, out to the coast. The, the, The strong suspicion is, though the companies... Um, go back and forth supposedly on denying it um, is that they're they're trying to get it to a place where they can export it and sell it overseas because there isn't really a strong evidence that there's more need for this gas here. But anyway, this pipeline exists right down the road from us and there's been an effort among activists in our area to protest the expansion of this pipeline, but it's underway. I mean, we hear the, the construction effort over there you know, we hear it now that it's gotten colder and our windows are closed, maybe not so much, but lying lying in bed this summer, we were hearing work happening in the middle of the night with it. And we're seeing these great big trucks come down our streets. Well, maybe just to clarify, where we live, the pipeline already exists. Right. They're replacing the current pipeline with a, a, wider a, one. a bigger one. Mm-hmm. 
Right. It's an expansion. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean by expansion. It's, it's been just there a, for what, like 50 years or something? I, I don't know when it was put in. I think but it's like 50 years old. I think where I'm going with this is I'm using this as a way in to talk about that feeling of overwhelm and how it affects me. And hopefully by looking at myself, we can like, or ourselves, we can think about the bigger picture too. Um, but we know ourselves the best, so it's a good place to start. So I, I've been on mailing lists, uh, a mailing list for the, this activist group that's trying to take this on for months now. And, and I mostly don't read the emails, even the ones that are like, oh, this is the minutes of their meeting. That's something that I would like to look at. I never have been to a meeting. I've, I've never, I barely read the emails. And I'm like, this thing is happening right down the street from me. And I still can't bring myself to deal with it. And, um, so this morning, walk out the door to go take my dog for a walk, and I was going to drive her somewhere to go for a walk, um, and that's relevant because as soon as I walked out the door, I smelled gas, and it was like the air was saturated with the smell of gas, like uh, not gasoline, but but like the gas that it, that you smell in your gas stove. I got in the car with my dog and I drove away from it, and didn't realize until I was a mile into my walk with her when I could finally recognize that I was breathing free and sighing and relieved that that, that had terrified me it was this all these pictures of you know I have in my mind of stories I've heard about places where people live on the on right next door to some kind of industry and their the pollution is unbearable and they they're like they, you know those you've seen those videos of people setting the the water coming out of their their faucet mm. on fire because of the pollution in the ground where they are i mean it just you know was a scary kind of scenes running through my head and and i kept thinking what's wrong with me it's right down the street and i not i'm not doing a thing and i I was picturing you and i having to like go move you know like we wouldn't be able to sell our house because it would have no value because blah 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 i mean the whole thing just went crazy in my mind and now i will say that I know from having interviewed somebody who knows this stuff on this podcast that that smell I was smelling was was added to and that natural gas is odorless and that they actually add something to it so that there will be some kind of clue if there's a leak mm-hmm. so I and that that stays at ground level it's not it's heavier than the actual gas so you could be smelling it even though that the the stuff that's of that's actually toxic to you has already gone high up into the atmosphere the fact that we're a mile, we're a half a mile away, and you could smell it, just made me think. Wow, they just, they just purged that line right there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, when you said that this morning, I mean, I've I've smelled mm-hmm. gas coming out of our front door a number of times yeah. over the years. Right. I mean, I, and for some reason, I never connected it with that pipeline. Right. I mean, I, I'm assuming that it's connected. I don't, yeah. I don't know for sure because mm-hmm. it doesn't linger like all day. But it's there's it's, nothing in our house that would make that. Yeah, smell. I know, I know. That's the part that and it makes you wonder what, what else could it be. Well, and it also, yeah, I mean, because it wasn't coming from my uh, the house. Like I got in the car and got down the street, and and it was still like the car was full of the smell. Uh-huh. I had to like open my window. I had to like I I opened my windows in the cold to air it out, you know, to get rid of that smell. But anyway, so I I ended up calling Jim, um, calling you from home, from, from, from the, from the walk to just say, can you go outside and see if you still smell it? And there was no, the smell had gone. Yeah, it was fine. It was a relief. But, but in our conversation we had on the phone at that moment, 
there was sort of a clarifying for me of why I don't get involved. And, and that's because I don't have any hope at all that we can interrupt this, that it's already underway. And it just feels like that's not where the battlefront is anymore. It's, it's already, we've already been sort of trampled. The battlefront is past us. Right. I mean, now this one, yeah. it was particularly bad because I mean, I, I didn't even, we didn't even know that this project was planned. Right. Right. And, it didn't, it, and yeah. they were, it was like we heard about it, and then shortly after that, they were already starting the construction on the new yeah, line. Yeah, something had already the permits had already been yeah been given out. Right, and, and I I had always assumed that something potentially that big mm-hmm. that you would get some sort of notice. I mean, living less than a mile from the thing, and you don't yeah, get any no. sort of a notice at all. It just was. It seems to be that a lot of people have experiences yeah. like that. Like, how do people know? about these kinds of if things. Well, if you're not constantly Right, and that's part of the it. part of the situation that's happening in this country too is that as finances get squeezed, like the media has been squeezed and the people who might be hired to monitor those kind of things and report them to us. Right. We don't they don't exist. Right. The the newspapers are caving and people get their news from all different kind of um, right. diverse sources and so local news is really like not not yeah. a highly um yeah. no, it's very true invested in thing right. so um i mean i guess what i what i want to say is that i continue to want to make these podcasts mostly because i want to keep like i, I had the thought today i want to at the end of a hundred episodes and we're like about a one fifth of the way in now at the end of a hundred episodes, I want to feel not like I'm standing in the middle of the woods trying to decide which direction to start bushwhacking in, but I want to feel like not that I've started to move and that I have a compass heading in terms of how I want what what it is that I think needs to happen should happen that I a vision a vision for a change that I feel like I can work towards, um, and that's that's really what I'm hoping for. And I don't know exactly what that means, and it might not just be a single thing. It might have to do with I don't know. I don't know what it'll look like. If I did, then I'd be there. But right here, when when I. So, so I'm glad we're past the point where we're sort of still wrestling with, you know, the, the, the little questions of like, how do we use less fuel or whatever, which is something that's always something that's, uh, that's something I feel like I've metabolized. Like that's, that's something that I'm, I'm just going to keep asking and keep continuing to look at efficiencies. And, but, but I know also that that's, I can take that and then keep moving to the next question as I continue to chip away at that question. And it's fine that I haven't answered it completely yet. And it's fine that I haven't addressed every single one of those things yet, but they're metabolized. They're part of who I am in the world is, is to keep looking at that. Um, and one way that I know that I've changed is like consumption. Like we were talking this weekend, how I was saying how, you know, years ago when we looked at our weekend at this time of year, when we weren't riding our bike all day, it would look really attractive to go out shopping Oh, I could use a new pair of sweatpants. Oh, I need some new sneakers. Oh, let's let's go. We'll make an afternoon of it. And we would do that a lot. And now it's like, eh, all those things are still true, but 
you know, I'd rather just wear these sweatpants that are wearing out just a little while longer. Yeah. <laughs> and I would rather not spend the fuel and spend the money and, and be a consumer on that level. And maybe right. there's, I would really enjoy like streamlining my life a little more. Anyway, that's an aside. What I want to say is, so we're transitioning from focusing on the consumption stuff to now I feel like we're moving into thinking about where does our thinking get stuck next? And for me, that's, when it looks like it's the little guy against the big guy, the the monster, the machine. Yeah. And where it looks like standing around picketing while it's just like ants, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to ignore and makes little difference. Um, and I also am aware that doing nothing instead of doing the picketing is not where I want to rest. It's like, that's not it yet either. Um, I don't want to walk out my door and be terrified that, that my world is about to cave in because of some stupid mindless industry a half a mile away. And maybe that isn't happening. And maybe we just got a little scare there for a second. Um, but it is happening in other places. It's happening to people. It's very, very real. Right. No, I think that's a very good point. That all the scenario that all the all of that that you described is real for way too many people, right, across right. the globe. Right. So hopefully, before too long, we move, or at least I would like to see myself move to a place where looking at that level of change is equally metabolized, so that it isn't something that stops me in my tracks and that I have to feel like this is the next thing that I have to tackle, but it's something that I've decided I'm tackling. I have a sense of how to tackle it and I have bite-sized to-do list items um, incorporated into my routine um, in order to do more than sign petitions. How about you? Do you have any kind of goals for yourself around this? Well, I was just thinking as as you were talking, like I tend to, I guess maybe I tend to default back to our political process. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, well, you know, there's always the like writing your congressperson, right? And then my next thought was, well, all the ones here in our state are on board. Right. <laughs> we talked about this before. I think. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, so that's a little bit of a roadblock still, Mm -hmm. but I still think it's important to take action on those public. I mean, I think it's important for those public figures to understand that we do need them to speak. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just to make a rousing speech on the floor of the Senate, that's still important. It's important for the, maybe those people in those other states who are represented by somebody that, mm. that's on the other side of this. Right. Gives them some hope that they're not alone. So I guess it, it's, not a, it's not a futile effort to, mm. to still write your member of Congress, even if they're a friendly person to this mm. issue, and right. still say, you know, please remember, do everything you can. It's important for your voice to be heard, mm. even if it's not in the majority right now. Because mm-hmm. right. when it is, it's going to be important 
for for those members of Congress to take action. Mm-hmm. I mean, when that when the tide turns, and they do get the majority again, and they are in a position to actually make a difference, it's going to be important for them to understand that that we're all behind them. Yeah. When we talked about this before, we talked about reaching out to people in our lives who are in other states. And right. I mean, we haven't, I haven't done it, to be honest. I have not done that. <laughs> have you? No. Not so, yet. Um, and, but I think you bought a, a card to send to a friend. I did, but the friend. friend that I was considering is, is like way more environmentally conscious than, than us. Oh, <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that was just a separate thing. You yeah, it was a, a separate thing. Okay. Well, it is one thing that can be done if you're... I think of um, Sarah Silverman doing these videos uh, a couple of elections back or maybe the last election yeah. where she was trying to get everybody to schlep down to Florida to right. visit their grandparents to get them to vote because <laughs> that's where the election was going to be Get your grandma decided. to vote for Obama or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen those videos, go to YouTube and... Um, Look up Sarah Silverman. I think she called it the Great Schlep or great something Schlepp, like that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty funny. Um, well, thank you for having another conversation with me. My pleasure. And um, I look forward to, you know, I have a few other ones lined up, but, um, you know, down the road, of course, you and I will have another one. And Don't forget about me. Oh, no, no, <laughs> of course not. But what I want to say is that it's just going to be, I like the idea of us sort of, you know, like, like um, little kids marking their growth or the parents marking the growth on the side of the wall to see how much they've grown since the last time they made a mark. Right. They're sort of making our little mark in the, in, in our progress here. Uh-huh. Um, it'd be interesting to see where we are the next time we talk. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for being part of this. All right. So hello, climate change. Hello. CC.info is my website. If you want to send an email, if you have an idea for something you'd like to hear me talk about or someone you'd like to hear me talk to, or if you want to talk to me, um, um, open to all of that. Jim, stop that. (laughs) He's playing with something next to the microphone, which will be getting picked up by the mic. That's why it's all right. Um, (laughs) um, is there anything else that needs to be said right now? I realize that I never, ever introduce myself on this. Like, that's what you're supposed to do when you do, like, broadcasting. Who are so you? So I'm Amy Kalisher, and I do this podcast because I feel like it. Not because I'm trying to make... I'm never going to make money on it. That's never, ever going to be a goal. But um, if you like it, please tell your friends. Give me a rating on iTunes that helps people find it. And um, have a good time, whatever you're doing. Bye. Do you want to say bye? No. <laughs> <laughs>